Fingers, knees, tips, and toes. And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, swearing. I am Nick Cameron of the abject failure that is Glacially Musical. I am joined by, once again, Questlove Chakas. How are we doing today, buddy? It's not, I, don't, I don't see how anything you have done is a failure, but okay, fine. I appreciate that. I'm going to crack open my first beer. because I'm not going to pretend like there won't be another one. Uh, this yeah. is a New Holland Hoptronics double IPA. Mm. Never had it before. I had a really good day. I had uh, the best. That's a terrible pour. Um, but it's my first time having this beer, so I don't know how to pour it. I'm going with that because beers okay. pour differently apparently now. Uh, I had the best review of my life, and I decided to get myself a treat. And I picked up a beer at the liquor store by the office. And I was going to get two. I couldn't find another one that I hadn't had. And he rings it up and I go, how much is that? And he goes, $18. I'm sorry, what? Hmm. He's That's like, the beer you just poured. Is yeah, he's like, beer. $18. And I'm like, well, fuck it. Okay. Glad I didn't get a second one. Right. Because I bought two. Not an $18 beer. Is I'm once again drinking an Orange Boom from the Netherlands. Oh, I uh, want to try that one. It's pretty good. They have it at the TJ's. Um, not my number one go-to TJ's, but one of them near my vicinity of my house. And I just couldn't get out to the beer place to get a new type of beer. This is, uh, unfortunately, after four or five weeks in a row of a different beer every show, this is my first repeat in a while since we had the bonus Boxing Day episode. Maybe it does count or doesn't count, but... Doesn't count. All right, then. Thanks for being kind. I still I'm still would rather have had a brand new beer. Um, I'm supposed to go back on my Whole30 diet on the 1st and not drink beer, but I think I'm going to allow myself a beer every week, once a week, and that's going to be my beer. Um, I uh, One of the great things about this show for me is it has me trying new beers again rather than sticking to uh, – and, I'm, and I, you know, as everybody knows, I love the IPAs. I love the double IPAs. But I have not been, until we started doing this with the beer part, I have not really been opening myself up to other beers. So uh, New Holland Brewing is from Michigan. Michigan has a very strong craft brewing scene. They've got Founders. They've got Bells. They've got New Holland. And I'm sure there's a bunch of others that I'm just forgetting right now. How is yours? Oh, we already talked about that. Delicious. I like this beer quite a lot. I think this would go very well with some meat. I have none right now, but I have to figure out something for food shortly. Um, That is interesting. That's a pretty good beer. Uh, This has a an odd flavor. Uh, The way they describe it, let me let me see if I can. Oh, here it is: dank, bitter, galactic. Hmm. I don't know what most of that means. But it definitely tastes like no other DIPA I've ever had. So we'll call that a win. All right, then. Would you like to hear um, my vinyl check? I was about to ask. Oh, thank you. I uh, have really lost the plot and I because we have done so many different episodes lately with the bonus. And actually, I uh, mistakenly numbered the bonus episode, the number after the episode that hasn't, uh, that hasn't published yet. So I fixed that, but I, I felt like an idiot. So I don't know what I said. Did I mention that I bought Iron Maiden Live After Death on repress or on original pressing? You have. Okay. Did I mention Janice? You did. Okay. Well, then the only vinyl check I have is I decided to get myself a treat and finally sign up for the Metallica Vinyl the Metallica Vinyl Club. So let's talk about that for a second because the previous version of the Vinyl Club it's like seventy bucks. For four vinyl singles, basically. Correct. It used to be a fan club only thing that they threw into their fan club, the original fifth member club mm-hmm. for Metallica Family, as it was known. Still same. Now it's still the same, but not the same. There is like a paid tier that you get oh, stuff okay. with. They used to do the fan can. If you can still get your hands on one of these things on eBay, there's all kinds of cool shit in there. But... um. So last year, or the last year they ran it, I don't know if this is actually 2021 or not, it was... It was 2020 and 2021. Four seven-inch singles. Correct. Could be anything from the Metallica history. Rare, live, unreleased, nothing new and unreleased, but you know. 
unheard of by the public mainly or something rare i think one of them they did the um the creeping death single as a vinyl which you know did not exist uh, i looked up it, what they had done my favorite one was the leaked and not leaked so they yes. released i disappear the leaked version what showed up on the radio that they that which was that how they found out it was leaked along with the actual single of I Disappear. Still a terrible song, no matter what. Yeah, that's the problem I have. I mean, it's funny, but it's not $20 funny. That's that's the way to look at it. So what they did for this year is, and it's not necessarily limited by numbers, because I think it's Metallica, and they can do... They own a pressing plant. They own their own plant, but... They're going to do four 12-inch singles. That piqued year, my interest. One a quarter. So now it's a little more, I think, substantive or substantial. When I saw that, I thought, hmm, well, if they're doing 12-inch rec- twelve-inch singles rather than 7-inch, maybe we're going to get Eye of the Beholder live. Maybe we're going to get Injustice for All. And again, that looming on the horizon anniversary for Binge and Purge in a year and a half. I'm Ooh. telling you... I don't know I, if they're going to do that. I well, maybe they I will see. because there was no binge and purge stuff in the black set. I expected it in black. If they send you something you don't like, will you just resell it or are you going to just chagrin and bear it and keep it? Well, as of right now, I have not been able to bring myself because the problem was I had to then pay $25 in shipping. Is that each one? Total. Oh, so, so 100 yeah, a hundred. I mean, you drop a hundo on stuff when you have it all the time. So yeah, but I drop a hundo on a record which has ten songs. This is eight songs. That's a one way to look at it. I think it's about I, the value of how much you love Metallica. I know, and I the decision is not made. I have through Friday because there's no limit. There's no question mark. But I, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm doing it. And I went in and I'm like, wait a minute. I got to pay shipping too. It should include the shipping for that. It should include the shipping. And, and that's what I hate about... And they're going to ship them, uh, let's just say, arbitrarily, 20000 is their cap. Let's say internally, a number that makes sense for them is 20000 each mm-hmm. single. I can't imagine it's going to cost them a lot to ship from their plant in wherever the fuck, Tennessee, San Rafael, wherever it is. I think it's in like the Czech Republic, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten some merch and stuff from them that comes I, from a catch-all address in Tennessee. Could be very, well, they, that could just be where they dump it off, or where the taxes are, are paid. Correct. So where the incorporation is from is where the mailing label is from, even though they get dropped somewhere else in the country. Entirely um, possible. So yeah, but I'm I'm also probably going to pull the trigger on it because I figure if they send me something I don't like or want, I sell it. You know, that was actually something that didn't occur to me because I bet if I had that stupid I Disappear single, I'd probably get 30, 40 bucks for get it. Get the fuck out of here with that. I will sell that in a minute. But I mean, what really <clears throat> held me up was two of the releases last year I wouldn't want. Really? What were I wouldn't want the Soundgarden one. Oh, was that one of them? Yeah, the Soundgarden That is one. now going for $400 on Discogs. Oh. Which... Which was the live performances of those old school Soundgarden songs from the Soundgarden tribute concert for yes, that weren't even performed that well. Okay, you know what? Trigger pulled. Consider it pulled now, because you know what? If they send me shit, I can get stupid money for it. Metallica fans will buy fucking anything. I told you when we discussed the Metallica thing last the other day. So, question: Should we just include a Metallica minute? I mean, should that just be... No, because I'm actually looking forward to not talking about them. My review is about done and published just about okay, cool. soon. And all right, all I'm right. looking forward to not talking about them as much anymore, at least for a little while this year. Would you? I'm going to open my just-received vinyl check-in. This is what I received today in the mail. It is a delightful know. brown box with an address label in white featuring two, not just one, two barcodes. Keefe has two barcode money. Well, you know, it's got double tracking. California dreaming. California taxing on those barcodes. Is there a California barcode tax? This package, I'm sure there's a tax on everything out here. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go back to the play-by-play. Keithy has now pulled out an implement of destruction, uh, a lot like Alice's restaurant. 
you can get anything you want at Alice's restaurant, excepting Alice. Perverts. Kiss my grits. Um, That's a different Alice. So, this is my gimme metal vinyl of the month pick. I subscribe to this. I have thought so hard about doing those. They're pretty great. The ghost one came from there, which was a swirly, but it was wonderful sounding. Swirly Um, does not sound bad. Just just let, let go of that. Okay. I, um, picture discs sound bad. Anyway. Uh, oh, cool. I just expect this is Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. Bloodlust. I do not own any Uncle Acid on vinyl. Now I do. It comes with a gimme metal stickle, sticker. Very nice. They used to come every month with a vinyl pin, uh, an enamel pin. Mm-hmm. Some of which are on my vest, but they haven't been doing that for a while. This is their debut album. And this is a repress, I believe. That's a, re- that's a repress. From, uh, and and I, I'm going to say, I think a lot of, late lately, a lot of these Gimme Metal records have been coming from Rise Above. Mm-hmm. Um, just coincidentally, but very cool that they did. There was also a Bolt Thrower re- not too long ago. There was a Necrot, which I already own all the Necrots, but it was cool to have another. I may sell it or give it away at some point in a giveaway for Ghost Cult, but... You know, I'm a fan. I'm a. I was a host on Gimme Metal, and uh, I should try to connect you with Brian and see if they will give you a show. I I see those those metal ones, and I was really close to signing up for one, till they wanted to charge shipping on top of it. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. You get the shipping, yeah. I mean, like, well, I'll say this: the it's um these are about twenty five a month with shipping, which bad. to me seems very fair. They're That's all fair. It's all my style of me. Like, it's always, almost always death metal, doom, or something old school, like a thrash. And I love all that. So, like, uh, I'm just growing the collection. You know what? I might, as well just, I might as well just hit that. I, uh, I'll see if I have a code I can give you for a discount just in general for their store. But um, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, uh, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, along with uh, <laughs> the King Gizzard Lizard Wizard, mm. are two bands I have got to check out. Yeah, King Gizzard's great. Um, one of our resident ghost cultists, Wesley McGrone of the band Moths, PR, is obsessed with that band. And so I gave them a little more attention as a result. They are killer. Kind of like an Aussie Queens of the Stone Age, basically, mm-hmm. without the douchebaggery. And uh, Anytime you can tone down douchebaggery, I'm pretty much in. And Uncle Acid is awesome. They're going to be on tour opening for Ghost next year. And I think think they're going to be making a new record soon depending upon where ghost if they come to town depending upon where it may go i've seen them a couple of times both good shows mm-hmm. nothing to complain about but i the last couple of records well maybe not the current one but the one right after the live album with rats on it i love it, that record it went away that i just didn't and i mean and i the- get it i get it go the whole point of ghost is that each record is exceptionally different from its from its predecessor. The hunch that I have is the new record is going to take a step backwards to being heavy, like Infinitesmium. And, um, that's, that's my I favorite. Guess. That's, that's I mean, again, that's where I got on board. And I've been in since the first record, but that record in particular and the covers and things like that, I am, I'm all Team Ghost. I'm all Team Tobias. And we had the very first... Ghost Cult, for those that don't know, had the very first English language interview with that guy. And, I did um, do an interview with one of the original Nameless Ghouls. Mm-hmm. Did not get a name. Yeah, I'm going to try to uh, pursue Martin and the people who are out of the band who were mm-hmm. original. He was out of the band at the time, but I still don't have his name. Oh, okay. He, uh, yeah. he was one of the members of TID. Okay. But it, it was, of course, an email interview because he's in Sweden. Right. And my favorite part of it was his last question. His last answer was, can I ask you a question? Why do you listen to music in Swedish you don't understand? Because, uh, dude, Icelandic, man. Like Solstafir. Why, uh, why, how does this band stir emotions in me I don't know I have? Yeah, because you know what? I don't know what the words are. Yeah, because when I listen to Black Dahlia Murder, oh, yeah, I totally know what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Music is the universal language, man. You're conveying right. emotion. You're sending it from your eyes and your hands into my heart. That's my Janice impression. 
Not Janis Joplin, which I was listening Janice to. Janis from Dr. Teeth and then the Electric Mayhem. The Janice. Uh, we'll I get think, an episode of this glacially musical. I think podcast. scuba diving is like invasion of fish privacy. Love Janice. I would uh, leave my wife for Janice forever and ever. Such a babe. I think my wife would leave me for Janice as well. So we're even. We do have a sad news update, which is that our 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 mandate, not mandate, but our man date of Nick Mason is postponed. Yeah, I got that email yesterday, and uh, I guess Nick is, I mean, Nick's old, and I don't blame him. risk it. No, I would, I would rather, I, I would rather wait him wait, and I mean, it's disappointing, but right. we will see what happens. It's not canceled. Not canceled yet. It is as of yet is the correct answer. The email was not, the email was hopeful, but not specific. They and are. may still come visit the great city of St. Louis that weekend. Don't ever, hey. Maybe. Don't ever say St. Louis. You can't say St. Louis? No, fuck that noise. It's French. Correct. That's not French, though. Jesus. That's not even Creole. It's St. Louis or okay. Saint Louis. Saint Louis. All right. It's not St. Louis. All right, Jesus. No, no. When you live here, and you've heard 7,000 musicians and comedians say, hey, St. Louis, shut the fuck up. Turn that movie yeah. off. You guys are adorable. What? Um, no. I, may, I may yet still visit for fight the weekend. Me. We'll fight that day. We'll see. We'll if see. you say St. Louis again, we fight. Or I make you eat St. Louis style pizza, which is you said, for you most people. You're already going to. You threatened me with this shit already. I don't know. For most people that don't live here, that is like basically a fight. So. Fuck. Um. Any other updates or things you want to share with people as we head into? Uh, is this the I, technically the Happy New Year episode? This is Happy this, New Year. No, that was that. That's uh, that's listicles. This so is our first. That's epi- New Year's Eve. This is our first episode of 2022. Correct. Officially. This is the first episode of 2022. So it is definitely Happy New Year. Mm. Uh, uh, punch Kellogg in the dick. Clark Kellogg. No, Kellogg's the company. Oh, why? They're trying to break the strike of their union by hiring full-on permanent workers. That's dumb. This and this will be as, as political as I get, and I'll shut up. But the uh, the last offer that the union turned down was everybody who works here now gets the sweetheart deal. Everyone else that comes in later does not. And the union said no. Yeah, no. Yeah, the unions are a good idea. Like, I understand that, like, the dynamic of unions and labor has shifted radically over the... I'm an expert in this subject, by the way. I've marched in picket lines. I'm not. I, um, I come from a union family. And unions are inherently a great idea because the minute that we didn't have unions, we're back to, like, turn-of-the-century slavery shit, which we kind of already are back to. You, you just don't know it yet. Um, Correct. So I, uh, anyway. so yeah, my my family accidentally purchased some Cheez-Its, forgetting they were on the no list. So we had another conversation about Cheez-Its it today. Are delicious, and I don't. But I all like these make very, plain. All these makes fake all, Cheez-Its, and we can these, get fake Cheez-Its. All these Cheez-Its. has chips and pretzels and snacks that rival the best quality made stuff of anyone else. Except they're except they're fake Cheetos. Oh, Cheetos? Well, I don't give a shit about Cheetos, actually. Well, fuck you. I mean, Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm, that escalated very quickly. Very I apologize. escalated very quickly. Cheetos in my mind. I like cheesy poofs. I like cheese curls or cheese balls. You know what I really want, though, and nobody makes this? Dill pickle, spicy Cheetos. That's very interesting. Talk to your uh, Trader Joe's. Write them a letter. It sounds like something they would do. Look, they Trader Joe's isn't even in my city. Flavored they already have the pickle flavored popcorn. They're not in your city. No, I got to go to the county to go there. Fuck. And I have been to three of them, but one of them telegoing, you know, telecommuting there, because I have not been able to get the Trader Joe's Japanese whiskey. They're all out. You said of it. this. You said this. Yeah. I went to another one the other day because I thought, well, I'm already here, so might as well. Anyway, what are we doing today? Let's let's stop. We here. are we are starting a brand new series today. New series, new beer. Hence the hot sauce. Sort of new beer for you. New new beer for you, not such a brand new beer for me. But I'm kidding. I just wanted a new beer. It's fine. Okay. 
Well, you deserved a new beer, my friend. You earned it. Um, Faith No More started in San Francisco, California. Officially, the band that became Faith No More started in 1979. So while bands are honoring their 40th anniversary in 21 and 22, this band is over 40 years old, officially. Um, the original name of the band was uh, Sharp Young Men, which was a take on the elegant names of groups at the time. Also, three names is inherently a good idea for a band. Like Presidents and Serial Killers, bands with three names. Serial Killers don't actually have three names. Did you know this? Okay. I only learned this recently. Whenever there is somebody accused John of a very... John Gacy, Henry Correct. Lucas. Hear me out. I know a lot about serial killers. That's yes, like do I. That whenever somebody is accused of a very heinous crime, they use all three of their names. To make sure they're not getting the wrong guy. So that or way yeah. you don't like go break the windows of your next door neighbor. Like a, a good friend of mine is named John Bobbitt. Oh, God. You must get a lot of questions about his. What he told me was it was a great name until about 1992. Basically. Um, yeah. so... He's not John Wayne Bobbitt, though. Hey, another Wayne. Um, Wayne. Wayne. And so Sharp Young Men eventually became Faith No Man which later became Faith No More. Why did it become Faith No More? Um, I think they were there was a lineup change of guys, and they were Correct. trying to move towards the, the a name that was more their own. The No them. Man. No Man. He left. The guy that was the No Man left. left. Right. So now it became Man No More, Faith No Faith More. No More, right. I uh, learned that on the Wikipedia, which is a great resource. It is a great resource. I'm going to say there's two fantastic books on Faith No More. You will hear me talk about them through the series and at the end again. I did take a look at the library on Monday to see if I could get a book and power through it before today, but unfortunately they didn't have one. We nice. have went to the library for the first time in years Oh, nice! this Monday. The definitive history of all of Faith No More is outlined beautifully in the book A Small Victory by Adrian Hart. There's a Faith No More followers group on Facebook that Adrian is a member of. And it is a fantastic... If you love this band, Nick is not a lover of this band, but I'm going to convert him by the end of this. Um, I like. The band is going to convert him by the end of this, I promise you. I am I've an obsessive it. See, fan, and Faith No More is in my top five ever, so this is going to be me jizzing a lot on this band. But. Here is your hope, is that King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime converts me. Why? Because that's the one you don't know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the first in, two. We'll get into it. I don't want to spoil the future episode. All right, fair, fair, fair. It's, I love all the Faith No More records, and I'm going to say whatever Keefe tells me to. It's not what I want. That is not what's going to happen. Just, I would like you to enjoy it as much as I do. Um, I had a great time today. Yeah. An early, an early singer for the band was Courtney Love when she lived in San Francisco, and she remains to this day close friends with Roddy Bottom, the keyboardist of Faith No More. Yes, that is the name, Roddy Bottom. Meant as intended. And, um, you know... Correct me if I'm wrong, or is it the keyboard player that's gay? Roddy is gay, yes. Yeah, and this is... We're talking about a major rock band in the 80s. He, I, I want to say, I don't think he was always out. He wasn't out. out. But he was kind of out the whole time and a lot of he's also a lyricist in the band not the main one but one of them and all his songs are it's kind of like rob halford in the early days of priest like how did we not know because we were not paying attention to eat me alive and things like no we didn't know because we missed on heading on in the highway that 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 song Mm -hmm. heading on in the highway they were doing rebel without a cause and he was the girl yes i know um Sorry. let's let's leave it that there. is so the thing Cor- that just courtney i missed love, that and i courtney love bless her heart from hull was briefly the lead singer of this band for several performances in the mid 80s are there any recordings or is this just I, like kind of lore it's not it's known i there might be video i don't know if i've ever seen anything well, i mean like, i'm not saying photos. that it's not true there's i'm just saying is there there are photos of her basically fronting faith no more as it is like with her as the singer i would call um, that lore still i mean no, i don't think so just, 
I don't and know if that's accurate. They replaced her with Chuck Mosley. There's also a phenomenal book uh, by Doug Esper about Chuck Mosley, introducing Chuck Mosley. He's passed away a few years ago. Very sad, but God rest him. Chuck, you know, Chuck comes in and really catalyzes the band. And Chuck is not traditionally a great Good. singer, but what he is is he is brilliant, verbose in the best possible way charismatic he, and talented he is the the midwest perspective on californians okay and that there's a lot of that on this album you know fuck you i'll skate to the beach yes i mean that's precisely um, what we thought every californian was doing in 1987 here in the midwest right. and so just just part and parcel before we get into we care a lot and introduce yourself because we have to talk about we care a lot as a single before we have to talk about introduce yourself the album um it bears noting that like faith and war did not set out to be a heavy metal band or a strictly metal band they did tend to be heavier than their peers uh they were really an alternative rock band with heavy metal leanings i always felt like they were at the time and of course, they they moved in different directions, but they were the heavy metal version of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, and that is a and the re and the reason that is there's a lot of there was this kind of funk rock thing happening in the mid to late eighties. Chilies were part of it, although the Chilies saw themselves as rap and punk. Uh, you also had Fishbone, which had wait elements. is that is that runk? I don't or know. is that pap or is that I prunk? I don't know. I'm going with prunk. Okay. You had Fishbone, whose earliest early ministrations are the late 80s, early 90s, where they were sort of also an amalgam of different genres and also rap and punk and metal. Living Color. Living Color, but less so. Living Color was... Living Color was metal with... Living Color was metal with funk leanings. And I think also Jazz Fusion and things like that. I just actually interviewed Corey Glover today. um, Very cool. About his band Disciples of Verity. Check them out. And other bands, too. So Chuck is, you know, kind of rapping, singing. I don't know what to call it. He does have a very, you know, not traditional vocal style for the 80s. But but it works. And it works. It it works very well, I think. And Mike Patton, not to to chew my food before it's being served, Mm. but Mike Patton is like Chuck Mosley. If Chuck Mosley could also sing. Right. And not only can Patton sing, he's like maybe the best singer ever. We're going to talk about it. We'll get to that. We're going to get to it because he might be the best singer of all time. I don't know. I will um, let you jizz all over. Uh, we're going to have to. We're gonna I mean, to. I will so, too. So officially, before Introduce Yourself comes out, the band self-releases or sort of, sort of records on their own we care a lot as an EP slash album, which and has been re-released. Even has yes, of course. Uh, recorded with Mike Wallace, who later goes on to produce Slayer and many other bands. And um, he was a Bay Area kind of dude, and uh, on a small label called Mordam, that I am mostly unfamiliar with, except for this recording. And just basically, we, you know, basically. What's on the record is kind of three songs, but also like there's little bits and barbs that end up on their stuff later. We care a lot. Much how you hear it on Introduce Yourself is on this record. Mark Bowen, which is the name of a former member of theirs that they named a song because I think it was his guitar part. So that was like their way of remembering that guy wrote that song and they just never changed the title. Before you get too far out. I just want to say, every time I hear the phrase, we care a lot, an angel gets his wings. You're going to hear it a lot. Good. And As the Worm Turns, which also ends up on Introduce Yourself. And these songs all not only show up again on the next record, or Mark Bowen doesn't, but these songs go into the set list for the majority of their life. They are on re-releases, greatest hits, single releases, extra tracks, Releases for other countries, which when that was a thing. So, really interesting stuff. This is 85. The band is touring around the Bay Area and California. Um, 
And um, I guess We Care A Lot from the next record becomes the theme song for Dirty Jobs, the TV show, if people are interested in that. Um, Wait, the one with Mike Rowe? I think so, yeah. It's according to this wiki. Hmm. Mike Rowe, yeah. Um, I watched one or two episodes. I don't recall if I, I saw I think I saw him hand inseminate a mare with a giant glove up to his neck from him. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, I can't watch this again. Um, I watched him uh, be a trash collector in Chinatown. Cool. Which was weird. Yeah, cool. Chinatown, Mike, New York, or Chinatown somewhere else? I don't know. It was on, I don't know. It was a okay. while ago. I mean, there's a Chinatown in every city. But anyway. Not mine. We have Vietnamese town. That's cool. That's even and I'm, better. And I'm sitting in it. All right, then. Um, Ish. So, officially, We Care A Lot is the first studio album, but it's really an EP, and it's really like the thing that springboards them I, I don't to think, introduce yourself. I, I don't count that because it was an indie, super mega, ultra indie thing. I don't count that. Okay. That's I mean, just me. I, it was on look, the label, your mileage may vary. getting the deal they had for Introduce Yourself. Which but was on what? Slash Records? Yeah, I mean, it was distributed by Rhino. Right. Reprise, wasn't it? Which is becomes bought by Warner, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, continue to work with, uh, you know, Matt Wallace. So, introduce I mean, yourself. The thing about introduce yourself on Slash, Reprise, Rhino, whatever, Chuck Mosley, who is insane, is on a major label. Chuck, like, again, just it's not just that Chuck is alternative or weird he really is like a singer songwriter skateboard punk guy in this band that is trying to walk in a lot of worlds mm-hmm. some of which he does brilliantly correct and naturally and some of which he just kind of says fuck it and i'm gonna smash this square peg in this round hole till it fits well, some of it wonderful and there are times where he's like you know what keys i got a quick set i'm gonna open my lock when i get home so fuck this key Exactly. Right. Keys don't matter. Um, and I guess apparently the We Care A Lot record is uh, was hard to find. It was rarely, like very, a rarity when it did come out. It wasn't Hence the repress. On. Hence the repress. So recorded in Sausalito, where the band, near where the band is based in Northern California. And so introduce yourself. I guess they worked on this during 86, early 87, released in April of 87. I was in high school, and um, I was oh, in uh, grade oh, school. school. I think I was graduating junior high school at this time. No, I was in high school. I don't remember. Eighty-seven. I was at uh, Scrug School. Yeah, Scruggs. So, Red for um, going to uh, Mason Investigative Learning Center. Interesting. So puts this record together and builds on a style they had been working on for a long time and really the writing triumvirate of the band the whole even to now is really billy gould on bass mike puffy borden on drums and roddy bottom on keyboards and as important as guitars are to this band and as great as the guitars are over periods of time in this band those three guys are the trio that writes all the songs historically when I listen to this album today, as much as I love Jim Martin, and Jim Martin is one of my favorite guitar players, amazing tone, amazing feel, amazing phrasing, amazing everything Who for not a shredder. The only way he could have really cut through that triumvirate would be to be a shredder. And I was surprised at how little guitar was really on this album, which is my favorite. I'm going to so, say, I think he comes from a, like, he's from the Bay Area thrash scene, and he wants to shred, but I think his gift on these first couple of Faith No More records officially is his restraint, and I disagree he, with none of what you said. I agree. He does restrain himself a lot. The bass guitar is the rhythm. It's, it's uh, Roddy Bottom is the rhythm guitarist, basically. The keyboard player or the bassist? The bassist. Oh, that's Bill Gould. Bill, I apologize. Bill that's Gould. Okay. Wait, it's hard to keep straight. Billy Gould, Mr. Gould on Twitter. The he, magical Mr. Mistopheles. He has an incredible... Oh, wait, that was Monday. 
He has an incredible bass tone. Correct. He has, he's doing like extra musical stuff on the bass before Primus is well known, although Les was a peer of his in the Bay Area. Flea, not though, not every song has the funk slap with the wickety 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 on the strings, but like he really helped pioneer that kind of sound and a very bright. I tend to not like bassists with a bright bass tone, but if you play fingerstyle, you can get away with a little brightness in your tone, especially if you are doing cool musical things on the upper strings and not just riding that bottom string. Agreed. So Billy is a genius. Agreed. Puffy is a genius drummer. Roddy is a brilliant keyboard player. And the three of them don't just like rock and don't just like metal, but they liked all music. It was all considered when they would write a song. And not like today when it's like, let's be clever and put in a samba part. No. Right. They it, were, this doesn't feel like that. This feels no. like, here's our song. Oh, it, wow. It went to organic. strange new places. It's very organic the way they blend genres and just even for a verse or a part, subtly sometimes other times really pronounced and taking over the song in a whole new direction they also considering chuck is not the most melodic natural singer they thought nothing of changing keys several times sometimes in a song he you know what i i love chuck i prefer mm. chuck singing in faith no more to to my to mike pat not i but okay if that's fine let me let me almost a different what, band once mike comes in but yeah completely I don't think if you said Chuck, we're in uh, we're in E flat. I don't think Chuck knows what that is. No. So whatever. But let me. I want to say the other thing before we get too far ahead. I'm trying to say something besides real quick. Sorry. Sometimes saying you know before we get too far ahead over and over. The only member of Faith No More of any stripe I have ever seen is Mike Borden. I saw him play with Ozzy slash Sabbath in '97 uh, and '98, and his drumming. He was probably the best replacement for Bill Ward because of, his, because of his funky, jazzier style, which is what Bill Ward was. And then he had that danger that no other drummer in Black Sabbath has ever had, like Bill Ward. Up at Kirk Hannett's secret show or whatever, the, the late show for the wedding band. He was there. If we have some problems with lag, let me know because my connection is dodgy. Um, it's it's in bits. Okay. Well, power. So I can lead us through the track listing if you want, unless you have some other things you want to talk about. No, I uh, well, I, w- I did want to say that I originally got this album during in high school. Um, I remember in 1989 ish wanting to buy a bootleg cassette of this at a, uh, at a, a St. Louis city uh, homecoming when I was visiting my mother, when I still lived in Illinois. And the next year I ended up buying a copy of introduce yourself at the Edwardsville, Illinois pawn shop. And that was before I had ever known that introduce yourself existed and that there was a faith no more before Epic, which Epic is precisely as advertised, but and that was, remind me to talk about the fish next week. But, and I remember listening to it going, huh, this is different. And maybe that's why it's my favorite. Fair enough. Um, this is a very unique album. I'll just preface this all by saying that I do feel like, on one hand, this is, in, you know, the DNA of Faith No More runs even to their last album in 2015 through today. They still play a lot of these songs. This usually sounds like my wrap-up, but I will preface this by saying that, like, the you could not have what... You could not have had the real thing if you didn't have this album. That's just right off the bat. For people who don't, maybe don't know this record or they love Patton so much that Chuck doesn't register. I saw a comparison to Deano Iron Maiden to Bruce Iron Maiden with Chuck and and Mike. It is not fair. They're different animals. They're different beings. Um, well, see, and then yeah, Mike I had would to agree come because... in and beat Mike had to come in and copy a style of a guy who doesn't have a, has his own style, which is even harder to do than just straight up reimagining all the songs. Yeah, he's I agree. It's 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 a very unfair comparison because Diana was trying to do what Bruce Dickinson did. 
He still saying remember tomorrow and you know. So no, bad. hey, hey, I'm not saying he was bad. I know. That's like saying, hey, look, Brett Hull was great, but Wayne Gretzky was better. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a case of, like, just the just this whole like again, if Anthony Kiedis could become a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame frontman, you have to throw out your, uh, you know, sort of an idea of how great a singer he is. He's not. He had his moments. He has moments. Not still. many. Moments, a few. Not. I don't think he has one record where I was like all the way through. There's no flubs, or there's no. Oh, it's charming when he sings out a key and fucks up completely and shubba lubba lubbas his way through a chorus of an otherwise perfect song. Like, come on, man. Like, we gave Kurt Cobain a pass. We you did. Know, we we gave Offspring a pass. I didn't. It's Dexter Holland's birthday. I don't want to shout uh, him, but like, I just. I. I... Moving forward. We give non-traditional people a pass. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Um, we definitely do. And, and if this was more of a punk band than a band trying to be all things to all people, maybe we, if they were just a bunch of punks and not as serious musicians as they turned out to be, maybe we would, you know, we would think of Chuck Mosley like we think of Tim, Ar- Tim Armstrong of Rancid. Like, oh, you know, like he's a little rough around the edges, but it's charming and it's awesome. Um Chuck's rough around the edges seem to turn people off. But that's all before we talk about how great this album is. So now I will go through the track listing and mention that they, you know, Chuck comes in and he's a full writing member of the band, maybe not musically except for one song, but he is contributing to more than half the tracks, well, lyrically and, and all of them vocally, with very little guidance, even on the songs that he didn't write the lyrics to. So... You know, he is a dominant member of the band early on, more so than others. More so and, than Jim Martin, who's my favorite so, member. Well, Jim is Jim is this Jim is, is Jim. Jim, Jim has is his stamp on this record of the next one in Delaware. Agreed. And Jim, so, as we discussed, is restrained. Right. Faster Disco leads off the album. It's a very good opening track. It's not a great song, but it's good. Kind of sets the table. I There's a lot of not not great songs. But they work. Right. Fair enough. Um Annie's song. Anne's song is the second song on here, and arguably the best song on here besides We Care A Lot. Not only because it was a single, it is a great fun tune. It, has, it is. And it makes an, no sense. It's nonsensical, probably meant to be some form of satire, which they were big on. Um I feel like that happened. Yes. <sighs> There's a lot of that in here. There's also a lot of, like, when Chuck doesn't know what to do, he either speak raps, he sort of raps, talking rap, mm-hmm. like a talking spirit, string of con- spirit, you know, like a stream of consciousness babble, or he croons. You mean like the entirety of Annie's song? Well, anyway, this song, he's got a great crooning part in. And actually, beside the amazing video, which they flew to New York and shot a video in a squat in the Lower East Side. I've never seen this video. I feel the video like is I great. Should look it up. We should have had a whole side conversation about how fun this video is for 1988, Considering how much fun we the video for We Care a Lot is, which was made for about eighty-seven dollars. Yeah, this video is made for free, basically, in their friend's <laughs> squat. They basically like, come make a come fly to New York. That was the most expense on the video was the airline tickets and the night in the squad. Um, the ending of the song has an incredible call out to a song from classic rock lore and legend. Bex Bolero can be heard in the final seconds of the song, and I have to point this out because I'm a fucking nerd. Uh, do you know what Bex Bolero is? Is it by Jeff Beck? It is by Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page. And it is a song. Yardbirds. It was a sort of post-Yardbirds Jeff Beck single early in his career. And it was record, recorded in 66, played live for years, put it, out on Truth in I have Truth. I have it on vinyl. I got it for six bucks at Record on, Exchange. It is based on Ravel's Bolero, which has that very classical hmm. music, choppy rhythm. dun 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 Led Zeppelin infamously put this into Heartbreaker, both live and on record. So this is that, you know, 
you know, it, and I and I think there was a dispute between Beck and Page about who wrote it and who owned it and whatever. So Page would play it to kind of get back at Beck. Um, look, he's paying <laughs> tribute to Jeff. Not exactly. But the end of Anne's song has Beck's bolero and it. And this... if, you, if you're a fan of it, like, it's an immediate, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. And it's not a ripoff. It's a tribute. And it is done beautifully. This week, somebody on the Internet said that I had more musical knowledge in my pinky finger than he would ever have in his whole body and it is times like that that i need to remember that people like keefe exist Uh. who know far more than his knowledge his encyclopedic knowledge and callback is something i will never have i don't know it's it's not I don't it's do not it. a competition. Let's move on. It's not a competition, but also like I have nothing else in my life. Um, <laughs> you have a wife and a child. I have songs. That's all I have. Um, why did I watch Almost Famous for the 9,000th time last week, last night? Oh, man. I did not watch that when my wife was out of town. It is, ru- it is coming off of Amazon Prime on Friday. You should watch it. I got it on fucking DVD with the untitled cut. There you go. That's and the CD of Stillwater, which That's great. don't listen to that. Sung and bong. No, no. Like a lot of fun. Won't you get on my back? back ride. Scratching at my back. Dow. Who's the singer on that? Not Jason Lee. That's all I know. Not Jason Lee. No. Anyway, Introduce Yourself is a great little ditty. It's a minute and a half long. Third song on the track. Serves its purpose. It is the album to Introduce Yourself right now. It is perfect. It's a perfect. That is jam. that is the kind of track that is on every single debut hip hop record. That's exactly right. And it's not on any rock records except uh, Ice Body Count. That is not a thing that the Body white Count dude... has an anthem on every record, though. Well, that's I love what... that about them. Yeah, but I mean, it's Ice T. You know, he's got a Body Count. Body you know, we got my main moose man on the rhythm tracks. We got Ernie C. Ernie C is the last man standing from that original band, let me tell you. Um, I know, man. That's that's a lot of weird moving on. Yes. So, introduce yourself. Right on. Really, really well done. Chinese Arithmetic, another single on the album, still played to this day. Yes, it's an ironic title. Do not say things like, I guess the titles of the songs while I'm drinking a beer. I guess not. But uh, <laughs> solid song. Do you have any uh, strong feelings about this song? Because this is when we get that to one. The, no, the I of the record right now. I don't remember that one. You go back and listen. It's quite strong. I listened to it. I mean, listened to it today. I had a couple of things going on. It, it, it's it's been a day. Uh, my mm. cat, my daughter's cat, is getting his balls cut off tomorrow. So holy fuck! I feel bad this is for major him. Major news. Like, why didn't we talk about this at the top of the show? Should. Uh, also, his name has been changed. Okay. Uh, his name is now That's... George Goose with quotation marks. Cameron. Is he being punished? That's why. No, my wife cannot remember country. that his name is Goose. She keeps calling him George. Okay, but like his balls are getting cut off. Why don't you show him a little compassion? Because he's never going to get laid, and well, I don't want him pissing on my shit. Laid, t- technically, but like with it's a good idea to. Fix pets because it extends their life. I was explaining to my daughter, you know, we got to do this because it makes he will be unhappy and miserable if we don't. And then he'll piss on my things. That is fully fair. Um, Moving on. Moving on. Death March. Probably one of my more lesser favorite songs on the album. It's solid. Not great. The, The back half of side one is a little eh. Well, I don't know because I do think Chinese arithmetic, and I think those first four out of the gate, well, Faster just goes good. It's not great, and then Ann Song, Introduce Yourself, and Chinese arithmetic are awesome, and then Death March is okay. When I say Ann, it, let me rephrase. There is nothing bad on this album, start to finish. Yeah, it is an amazing record. album. I would put it at eight and a half out of ten. It has amazing moments. I think there are amazing songs. They're probably a little, they're still trying to figure out how it all works together because yes. they're so disparate people. Correct. And they're really trying to touch every base, which is admirable but impossible to do well. Twice um, correct. They, yeah, so side two begins 
with We Care A Lot, which, again, is already kind of a... Can I finish uh, my thought, though? Oh, I thought you were done. I'm sorry. No, no. Um, it There are times where this gets a little amalgam... Uh, amal- Damn it. Analogous? No, not analogous. Ah, crap. I've lost my perspicacity. It, it, it becomes a little bit amb- ambiguous. All right. Where the songs kind of all bleed into each other and it's hard to tell what's what and where's where. This is a record that has amazing highs and then the middle. There's no lows. Okay. It's, that's that, that's my opinion. I think also, like, one of the things that gets kind of overlooked about this record is that Puffy, all the due respect and praise you gave to him, and it's all earned, he is such an incredible heavy metal drummer, and he's so physical. He's also incredible at playing dance beats. Like, there's some great jams on here that just, if it was just keyboard and drums, you'd go to the club and be like, mm, 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 this is amazing. Also, Sweet Dreads, amazing six-pack. Fair enough. Um, I envy so that. Handsome, I envy all of that. Just and a beard. Guy. I can't grow a beard. I mean, he's, he's got guy. he's everything I want to be. He is your Tyler Durden. Um, I don't know what that means. Okay, Fight Club. I've never seen. You it. don't do Brad Pitt. I don't Correct. understand you. I don't understand you. Um, we care a lot. May I continue now? Please. Sorry. We care a lot is one of the best songs ever of the whole '80s, and if not ever, like certainly in the top. Bunch of if I had written the book, the 500 songs you need to hear before you die, this would be in it. If it's not, that sucks. It's at least if okay, I'm gonna be a bit pragmatic. If we have the top 500 songs of the 80s that you have, or forever, if you that you have to hear, this is at least in the top 100. Sure, it's great. It's basically if Roger Waters could write a rap song, he'd write this one. Um, it is a listicle, it is a listicle. People love listicles. So let's break it down. Oh my God! Do we have to? No. Okay. Go ahead. No. No. We should. We should. I love this song. It's catchy as fuck. Completely. This is the one time on this record, possibly, that "Faith No More" is fully realized with Chuck. This is the "Faith No More" that 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 goes forward. Yes. It's it's kind of like when. uh, in, in solo, when the escape pod launches, the rest of it's left behind. The escape pod goes. The escape pod is faith no more. Fair enough. I will say, much to, sh- to Patton's chagrin, who even though he's an incredible rapper, doesn't not want did not want to be a rap guy in a rock band. He felt like that. He didn't like that dynamic. So he definitely moved to get away from it later on. Really a smart but, um, play. Not. I mean, you know, he's a unique and. In, beautiful soul but we'll talk so about we, mike patton next we, week and we there's a lot, lot to say incredible just simplistic beat and riff boom 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 incredible drum it's, it's it's a nothing burger in terms of the music yeah but it but so's louie louie so's wild thing which same song obviously basically so uh great lyrics completely fantastic delivery by chuck Gang garbage pale kids are called out Yes, garbage pail kids like the Transformers. They're more than meets the eye. No, no, we we care a lot about Transformers because there's more than meets, meets the, the eye. eye. We care a lot about the garbage pail kids. They never because lie. they never, they never lie. lie. Yeah, it's brilliant wordplay. Completely, br- I mean, it is of it, the time. Oh yeah, at the height of Transformers, the movie had just come out. No, that was the cartoon. The movie was 86. It just had an was anniversary, it? 35th anniversary this year. Um, I went to the movies for it. So. You know, I never saw it. Oh, okay. And I Roll love Transformers, but I never, I never saw it. Okay. Heart Fuck Rodimus Prime. Hey. I said it. Poor mouth. So. Optimus or nothing. We Care A Lot is fantastic. It's catchy. It was a hit song. And that's what propels them forward. They had an unlikely hit. I don't think they knew this was going to be such a big hit in the mainstream, regular MTV, before Alternative Nation in 120 minutes. Other video channels were playing the video. And Song becomes kind of a cult hit video also, especially if you're a New Yorker. And it's like, oh shit, the Lower East Side. I fucking know that place. Did not hear that here. But We Care A Lot was 
in the mainstream consciousness, which is even more shocking later that Chuck is out of the band because they did usually when you have a big hit with somebody in your band, you're reluctant to get rid of them, especially the singer. If um, you've never seen this video, here's how I'll describe it. Picture the video for Epic, right? We've mm-hmm. all seen Epic. Anybody look, I know how old the people that listen to this are. You've seen Epic. So now picture that. Remove the ice surface, remove all production value. And insert a dude with a mohawk rather than a dude with boxing gloves. And it's the same video. It's the it's same fucking the same. video. It's actually very close. The songs are very close, actually, also. Not that far um, apart. Not that far apart. Very similar to, like, the first bunch of white zombie songs. After a certain period of time when they stopped being, like, the cramps and they started being metal. And they all sounded like Slayer along the same <laughs> axis for the first two records. No, no, no. White zombie... One Los Exorcisto is horror. It's horror Pantera. That's fair. Um, but and all the songs sound the same. Yeah, for sure. Still um, great though, except the one in a different key. Well, yeah. So the album continues. Side two continues along. R and R. Okay. Crab song is awesome. Love it. Blood is the only soul Mosley composition, and it's pretty solid. I guess he wrote the riff, because I don't know how they credited him for the music. And then the final track, Spirit, I hadn't really listened to uh, much lately. And I bumped it a few times today, and it's a soul ghouls composition, music and lyrics, and it's actually pretty good. And I think it's underrated on this record. Thoughts on songs that are not We Care A Lot? Or Introduce Yourself on side two. I mean, I love the whole record, and... Chuck is, was, sorry, Chuck was an absolutely wonderful, original, ridiculous kind of sprite. And he, at that moment, was the perfect foil for the band, who the band was an exceptionally tight and musical group. I mean, there is nobody in this band at this time, apart from Chuck, that couldn't write their own ticket in any other group, you know? So thoughts on specific songs? No, not really. This, this album has always been to me an entire work. And that's how I see, I mean, I I think it's, I'm pretty much on brand and on record for seeing an album as, as a whole work rather than singles and songs, but Although we care a lot, is fucking great. Introduce yourself is great. Any song is is great. It's it's that kind of ludicrous kind of happiness that it puts a smile on your face. It's it's kind of like Alice's Restaurant if there was no plot and they were all on acid, and it wasn't seventeen minutes. It was only like three. That that's kind of any song to me, and it's it's just a record that that comes out of the soil of San Francisco. It comes out of the Bay, and it's it, it's it's more it, it's 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 a video snapshot in my mind when I listen to this record of that part of the country at that time, based on what I've seen from the TV because I wasn't I, there. I will also say that Anne's song has maybe my favorite guitar part ever in Faith No More. That that harmonized Ebo guitar solo, beautiful Jimmy Page Iomi double track fucking greatness. Uh, just like I could just listen to that over and over. That what would this part. record have been had Jim not held back? I mean, well, here's the thing: we'll never know. You know, he used to Obviously. come to them with song ideas and they would shoot them down. So, like, some Obviously. of his stuff got made into songs and some of his stuff got put into other songs. Hey, that's a good riff. Let's put that in this other song. But it's not going to be the song you thought it was going to be. And then a lot of times they would just be like, he would give them a riff tape and they would be like, no. And what Jim should have done is had a side band that was metal because that's what Agreed. he wanted to do anyway. He was uh, buddies with Hetfield and Gary Holt and he wanted to do Bay Area Thrash Strictly. And he should have just had a side band. These guys all had side bands. Why didn't he? Um, Mike, well, Mike Patton of next week had 50. Well, yeah. And and, and thank goodness he did because they're mostly all bangers. Um, let's also just briefly shout out that in 2016, 
to celebrate the reissue of the debut album, the 25th anniversary of the debut album, they got together and performed two concerts with Chuck and Mike. Wow. Although no Jim Martin. Jim has been disinvited from all future things, and we'll talk about that after the Angel Dust episode. But um, Okay, I'm actually interested in that because I don't know the story. I know some of it. I don't think anybody knows all of it. I know a little. Uh, some of it, which is guided by the book, but just, you know, his general. It's a shame a lot of other people can back, get back together with the whole get the band back together, and these guys could not with Jim, but I'm glad to get any faith no more with or without Jim. I know you feel like he's indispensable. I do, um, and to me, Jim... Jim's the straw that stirs the drink. The drink is delicious, yeah. but it's got to be stirred up, and that's... I but I mean, that's that's where I always land on every band I'm into. If I don't like the lead guitar player, I'm out. Yeah, it's okay. I think like um, what we can we can pick up next week with the end of Chuck and the Mike era starting. Um, I think rather than end on a down note and talk about why Chuck went out of the band, either by his own volition, he also threatened to quit many times. Eh, let's hit that Because of lead week. singer's disease. We'll leave that for next week and just leave off on, if you don't know this album that a lot of people apparently only know a couple of tracks and they don't know it, I do say go get this record, go buy this record and add it to your collection of Faith No More albums. It is worth owning beyond We Care A Lot and Anne's Song, which are great. A lot of these tracks still played live, so someday when the band returns live, um, you know, you will hear those songs, so it's worth having. To I bought this album on a 2013 music on vinyl European pressing at uh, Joe's SDL record, Joe's Records SDL, mm. about a month ago. Uh, I paid thirty dollars for it. I do not regret any of those pennies, all three thousand of them. Though my wife did say you paid thirty bucks just for this record. She did not get it. She's like into melody and time signatures and things not being stupid. So, which makes it difficult for her to get into a record like this one. However, this is my personal favorite Faith No More record. And this is the kind of band I wanted Faith No More to be all the time. Extraordinarily proficient, extraordinarily tight, but irreverent. And the next album, I'll leave it at that. Hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, fair enough. I, I have nothing more to add except that I'm glad we're doing this band and I'm glad we started with this record. I have nothing else. I will say this album is an abject banger, objectively, unless you're my wife, whom I love deeply. I love this album like I love my wife. Sorry, Letter Kenny's back. So, anywho. This album is a great record. If you have never heard it, check it out. If all you know is Mike Patton and Faith No More, get ready for something a little bit different. It's now for something, and now it's time for something completely different. Chuck Mosley. Um, I miss okay. Chuck, and I want to talk about him. I, I know. Read the book, Doug Esper's in, Introducing Chuck Mosley. Uh, paints a very interesting and total portrait of the guy. We'll do. We'll definitely do. Uh, anything else this week? Not for me, sir. Happy New Year. And let's hope this year doesn't suck ass like the last two. Happy New Year. I will tell you what I told my wife and daughter as we stood out in front of our new home, which we have not moved into yet. We're moving into it. And in, oh, God, hopefully now April. It's not April, but I want it to be April. Um, I, I will tell you what I told my wife and daughter. 2020 was an, let me rephrase, I'll paraphrase what I said. 2020 was an abject kick in the dick every day, grabbing your short and curlies, ripping them over your noggin, and then kicking you in the dick again. 2021 was mostly just punches in the kidneys. But you know what? I have faith. I believe that 2022 is going to be better for all of us because if I didn't, I would just shoot myself. Hmm. Well, gosh. On uh, that, that ominous note, take us home. Well, I mean, honestly, and, and I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to discuss anything as I've discussed it too many times. 
There is no year in my life worse than 2020. No, and so every year as as New Year's Day rolls around and I pull out a brand new sloth calendar, which I mean, it's sitting behind the sloth calendar from 2021. There's a sloth calendar. There's another one. I bought it on, on Monday. As I pull out the new sloth calendar, the new sloth smiling and being adorable. We got to get better. We, we And if you don't, if you expect it to be worse, it'll be worse. So I would rather be disappointed than be happy being right that it was terrible. And with that, because I'm going to wax philosophical for the next eight hours, I'd rather go watch some fucking hockey. Uh, I thank you everyone for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, jubscribe, other words that rival scribe. I don't know any other ones. Keefy. I got nothing. Keep sick of me. It does not. This is the Glacial Musical Podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria. See you next week.